playlist. Where are my playlists? There is my playlist. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh. Playlist Shuffle. Episode 31. The Grip. Thank you for coming back and listening to The Grip Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Sky Osborne. Back at it again. Thank you for coming and listening and sharing and telling all your friends and family about this awesome podcast. Keep doing that. Post it on your page. Uh, hey, uh, we just had a winner. Uh, Joanna McAllister won the $100 Amazon gift card. I told y'all to post. I told y'all to do it. Told you there was going to be a winner. Joanna won a $100 Amazon gift card. Um, so yeah, you can follow the Grip Podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play. Did I say Spotify? Uh, just search the Grip, T H E space G R I P. We are on Instagram at the Grip Podcast and Facebook at the Grip Podcast and Twitter under my personal profile, Matthew Sky Oz. Matter of fact, you can get your Be Humane wristbands at skyent.live. The Be Humane wristband is $5, $1 shipping. The point of the Be Humane wristband is to wear it, people see it, ask you what it is, you tell them. Whatever your Be Humane issue is, it can be anything. Global warming, police brutality, uh, transgender people serving in the military. You know, anything against what this fucking Trump organization is doing. <laughs> it could be support of Robert Mueller. I don't know. It's just to be something to spark conversation to help people better share their humanity with each other uh that should be it this week we are going to have a guest on who's been on before you know as john hammond the ugly people they just dropped an album i probably should be playing their song by the way it's my bad let me go ahead and see if john's ready when the pigs try to get it Park it like it's hot, park it like it's hot, park it like it's hot. Get an attitude, pop it like it's hot, pop it like it's hot, pop it like it's hot. I got the rollie on my arm and I'm pouring Sean Don and I'm over best cause I got it going on. I'm a bad boy with a lot of drive my own cars and wear my own clothes. I hang out tough. I'm a real boss, big Snoop Dogg, yeah, he's so sharp, on the TV screen and in the magazines, if you play me close, you want a red bean, oh, you got a gun, so you want to pop back, AK-47, now, stop that, cement shoes, now I'm on the move, your family's crying, now you on the news, All right. they can't find you, and now they miss you. Your boy is ready, let me go ahead, get this set up. And give him a call so we can get this show on the road. We're going to talk about, are there any truth to stereotypes? This should be fun. This could be really long or really short. <laughs> Hold on. You'd think I'd have everybody's number ready. There you are, John. 
What's up, man? What's good, man? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You live on the podcast. Yo, that's what's good, man. I, um, I'm glad to be back. Yeah, he's <laughs> back. He came back. <laughs> Yo, I, I'm just glad I didn't fuck it up too bad the first time you, you let me back. So I had to try harder this time. He's See what back. happened. I, I can't believe it, man. You got a repeat <laughs> offender. Yo. <laughs> Yo, that's what's good. <laughs> Hey, um, so yeah, I, I kind of been talking a little bit, and I was saying we're gonna talk about uh, are there any truth or stereotypes? But I want to ask you, uh, you seen Endgame? Yeah, man. Yeah, I saw that joint. Yeah. How many we times? Went, you, um, how many times you seen it I, once? I've only seen it one time. Yeah. Uh, we went um, opening weekend on Sunday, yeah. and then caught Game of Thrones that evening. So it was a, it was a busy, it was a heavy day. It was a heavy day. Yeah. Um, okay, so spoiler alert for anybody listening. We're about to talk about some things real quick. Yo, um, I uh, I loved Endgame. Um, my only complaint was that okay. it, it maybe could have been longer. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't need to be longer. Did it need it to was, be longer? No? Nah, they, nah like I, I was about to run out of popcorn. Like It, it, was, it was long enough. It Damn, your popcorn enough. lasted that long? It was three strong hours. Listen, my daughter just got braces. She can't eat. She can't eat the popcorn like she used to, so it lasted a little bit longer. Yeah, so, <laughs> we, we had a couple bites left. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, it was cool. Like I think it buttoned everything up. Like it wasn't it too did. neat. Um, it was neat, but you know, it wasn't too neat. You know, Tony got offed. Um, I think he personally should have been obliterated. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how his was his suit just I guess taking in all that energy. I mean, you know, like it, it's Tony. <laughs> What's heard, that mean? <laughs> like he had plot armor. Plot armor. He had plot armor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> plot armor absorbs a lot of shit. Look, I, I heard a great story though that, that like, apparently they filmed that final scene um, of his um, with him saying a different line, and they couldn't figure it out. They couldn't figure it out, and then um, somebody in in the course of like their editing was like, "What if he says this?" And they were like, "That's it." And then they called Robert Downey Jr. Um, and had him like they filmed it the next day, but like the the whole movie was done and they were editing and they just didn't like that last line and they came up with that final line which I think was iconic and just classic. Um, I and, uh, I was trying to not say it. I was trying to not say it for the people. Oh, you know? I, like I said, spoilers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, like that last that last line I, I think was epic um, and. Uh, uh, you know, so apparently they like they came back to that, and then also um, I was hearing that um, what's the other the, the uh, Captain America is that Evans Chris Evans yeah Chris Evans uh, yeah uh, apparently he was wild emotional because he knew it was his last film, and so um, there's people supposing that when he finally says uh, Avengers Assemble, like he whispers it because he was trying to keep his emotions in check, like. It, he had they had to stop filming a couple times because he was crying and shit. So <laughs> what? Um, yeah, that, that's what. Listen, that's what they say. But all right, so can I can I tell you the the thing? Like I, as much as I loved Endgame, can I tell you the movie that I'm more excited about than Endgame? What? 
Godzilla King of Monsters. Uh-oh. I'm so hyped for that oh, man, shit. You would be hyped about Godzilla. That's what I think about I'm, it. I'm so hyped for that. I'm so hyped for that. Like, I, I grew up watching those films, man. Like, um, you know, Creature Feature and then Black Belt Theater. Like, that was my whole shit. So, so did, um, you, did you like the first Godzilla? Not, I'm not talking about the, uh, the corny one. I'm talking about the one in this storyline. Right. So, so I liked the first one. Um, I watched it in the theater twice. The second time I watched it, I was like, okay, I see there's a couple of little plot holes and some issues in here, but like still it's Godzilla. And the, the fight scenes between the Kaiju were just amazing. Um, so I was all in. And then, uh, I found out that King Kong, that, that last King Kong, um, it was, is also, it's all the same world. Yeah. It was tied in. Yeah. Right, and so there's that, and now they're doing um, King of Monsters with King Ghidorah in there. Um, I just wonder if they're gonna have an MF Doom track on it because that man, would be, come on, <laughs> that would be dope because you know that's his alter ego is King Ghidorah, so like that would be ill. Um, but we'll see. Um, so anyway, uh, there's that, and then they're gonna have to do a uh, Kong versus Godzilla joint. Like that's gotta happen. Yeah, I'm on the fence uh, about Godzilla. I mean, it looks it looks you know like amazing. Um, my beef with the first one was they show more of the uh, I don't remember what the other thing was called, but they show more of that monster than than than, uh, than Godzilla. Uh huh. In that movie, I was like, oh, I mean, I want to see Godzilla. But I mean, I think they did a great job of setting it up so that like Godzilla, although he's this huge monster, he's he's the savior in that film. Mm-hmm. And so you have to, um, like, you, you know, when they did those first, um, those first Star Wars prequels, you have this wonderful um, villain in Darth Maul, but he, nothing ever happens with him. You don't develop him at all. Yeah. You um, don't know anything about him. He's just kind of there. Right. And so what they did with that first Godzilla, I think was correcting for that. They had the Mutos, and all of this build up about them, so you understand who and what they are, and then Godzilla comes along, so that you have a reason to kind of hate the bad guy. Oh, you know, I see, I see, um, I see what they did. It's, it's the um, it's the thing that um, the dare that the Daredevil, the the Netflix Daredevil, did so well with Denafio as um, Colton. Is it Colton Fisk? No, not Colton Fisk. Um, just Fisk. Um, Fisk, yeah, yeah, just Fisk. Um, like the, the way they developed that character and made him this sort of like lovable, lovable psychopath. Um, like that character development on the villain side is just so important to make a film work. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because I remember watching that. Like, damn, they keep showing this other thing so much. I want to see more Godzilla. But you got a point. You got a point. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna watch it definitely, man. Um, I don't know if it's gonna be in the theater, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. I mean, no, we'll you gotta see. Go, you got to go support, man. You got to go support. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still in the back of my head laughing about it. You said Tony had plot armor. I don't mean to jump back to that, but that shit is funny. <laughs> Yo, plot, he had armor plot armor is real. I'm like, what? It's real. That's real. You watch watch the movies and you see, Dog. like, there's no way that motherfucker didn't die. Dog. And they still be alive because of plot armor. It's okay. powerful. That, that, if the, the offending gauntlet, like, charged up. Thanos and like burnt yep. half his body. But Thanos was like eating like <laughs> infinity. Yo, stones. he was killing those dudes. Yo, I'm gonna right? tell you what was the dope. I'm gonna tell you the dopest part about the film for me, right? So since we already said spoilers, I'm gonna say it again, spoilers, because I'm about to say some shit. So after 
the three white dudes, like Iron Man, Captain America, and the God, um, Thor, Thor, they go after him and they get their asses handed to him. Right. And like two of them are hemmed up. Captain America does his like classic, like his iconic, I'm going to stand up even though I should be dead. Yeah. The shield is beaten to hell and like everyone's dying. Like it's, it's about to go bad. I know what you're right? about to say. <laughs> Who comes to America's aid? Who comes to America's aid? The portal opens and nobody walks out but black people. Like for a whole three seconds, for a whole three seconds, it's just America and black people right there. And that's such a powerful statement. For you think that was on purpose? Inclusion. Hell yeah, it was on purpose. Let me, okay, let me tell you how, let me tell you how smooth they are. The, the Russo brothers are dope when it comes to diversity and inclusion shit. Like they're dope. So they they had a moment in the first Avengers um, um, Infinity War where uh, all of the women get together in the battle for Wakanda. Yeah. Like all of the women are, are working together to help each other. Then they have this master class on like female power em, em, empowerment with um, with with uh, Captain Marvel, right? Yeah. So now you have this joint. Okay, so the the portal opens. America's in dire straits. Who comes through but the black people? If that's not telling you that you need diversity and inclusion to stand strong in a very potent, symbolical way. I don't know what else is saying, right? But then also, Pete, the subtle shit that they do to just, like, normalize things, right? Mm -hmm. So if you remember, in the very beginning of the film, they have the little group therapy session, right? Yeah. Um, one of the Russo brothers is the one that's yeah, talking it, to Cap about, about going about on being a date. Gay, yeah. And he just slides it in like it's real regular. And Cap doesn't react. Like, it, it doesn't matter to anyone. But, like... For my daughter, who identifies as as uh, gay, sitting in the in the theater, like to see that as so normal, is is huge for her. Like that that amount of representation is huge for her. Like for my son to be sitting sitting there next to me and like see that and and realize that like that's just regular. Then now he doesn't have to walk around with a heart full of hate because he's scared of some shit that he don't understand. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like he he's not threatened by some shit that that has nothing to do with him because it's regular, it's normal. Like then at the end, it also in the in the final battle, this was the other point that was my favorite thing. Um, when Captain Marvel shows up, uh, her and the Scarlet Witch are the only people that really are able to go toe to toe with Thanos. Like that's dope. Like, yeah. The two the two chicks were the only ones really able to kind of get him what for. And the Scarlet Witch about she she damnly had his ass. Yeah, she had him. She I mean, cause she's she is, I think, the most powerful mutant outside of Jean Grey with Phoenix. Like mm -hmm. so there's all of this happening. But when Captain Marvel had to do her little mission and get from point A to point B and they were like, Oh my god, how are we gonna get her there? They had all women come to her rescue. And yeah. it was all women that came and helped her. Like the Russos do a great job of acknowledging those things and carrying them forward, which was also Stan Lee's mission. Like that was his whole shit. Like the whole thing about the mutants and like having black characters and having strong female characters. Like he was doing all of that, um, you know, or him and his partners were doing all of that in, in a, in a place where that wasn't normal. That, that wasn't regular. So I, I got to yeah. give him. Go, go ahead, ahead, man. Go ahead. No, I mean I'm I'm done. I'm gonna put the soapbox away. Like that that was dope. No, I'm about to say I gotta talk to you more. Yo, I'm with it. <laughs> I gotta talk to you more, man. I gotta talk to you more. Like you say the things that like enter into my mind. Sometimes they get flushed out. Other times they just kind of come in and go out. 
But you be talking about it in a way that just. Mm. Yo, I mean, I, <laughs> the thing is, is I pay attention to stuff like that, like mm. because it, it matters so much. Like, so this is one. This is I, I was actually. Uh, this is one that I, I've shared with some friends over over time that um like like white friends that didn't recognize these things and don't un- didn't understand until we had the conversation mm-hmm. about how powerful inclusion is and what those images do and it actually ties into the stereotype conversation that we're supposed to be having. So if you think back to your uh, youth, right mm-hmm. when you were watching TV. The TV commercials were just about all white people. Unless it was like Billy D. Williams selling you some Colt 45. Like it was all it was all <laughs> white folks, right? Right. And so then as we go through the eighties and nineties, you start to see more black people on TV, you start to see black people um in, in these ads, but uh it's very sterile. Like it's very sterilized. It's frequently uh very light skinned people, you know, curly haired folks could damn their past. Like it's it's this whole thing. But then Michael Jordan comes along and he kind of changes things. So there was this this series of commercials that he does uh, for Hanes. And this one in particular was was a game changer for me. Um, I think it was a game changer for America uh, because this is what happens. There's two middle-aged white ladies sitting on a bench and dudes are walking by and they go boxers, briefs, boxers, briefs. And it's just white dudes walking past. I remember this. And then Mike walks by and they don't say shit. And he looks at him and he goes, Haynes, and gives him that Michael Jordan smile uh-huh. and then walks off. And I was like, oh shit, this is ill because they just had two white women sexualize a black man and used it to sell some underwear. <laughs> you don't use it. Like, you're not going to use anything that's offensive or anything that's dangerous or controversial to sell because it could affect your ability to sell. Right. You want to hit the widest market. So now I'm not going to run that commercial if it's not going to afford me the opportunity to sell these draws to white folks as well as black. Yeah. But they knew good and hell well that you could have that and them same, you know, the same demographic. They was going to go buy some Hanes for their husband and hope that he could be like Mike. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is powerful and, and Mike, it's a, it's Mike a turning was dark point. man Ooh, yeah like he 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 was uh blackity black black he was snipish yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wesley snipes are the standard now he that's that's blue black that's what the old folks say. <laughs> I'm about to say purple but you said blue <laughs> <laughs> that's what the old folks say you, listen Every brother got a got a a different relative, an uncle or cousin named Blue, and the brother was dark. <laughs> was that one of the dudes' names in the Temptations? I think they called one of them Blue. It might have been. It might have been. <clears throat> I don't know. Deep voice. It might have been though. It might have been. Oh my god, man! See, I I gotta talk to you. I gotta talk to you more, man. I gotta Yo, talk to you a lot it. more. Like I gotta talk to you more. Let's um, do it. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. So like that I guess that's a good transition, man. So we I kinda had this thought over some time now where um I've like wrestled with it and had these conversations with friends. Sure. And it, where I'm like you, you hear things like uh just in passing conversation like black people got rhythm, black people are naturally athletic, you know, white people ain't got no rhythm. Uh, you know, uh you just hear things throughout, you know, your life. And that's obviously not true. Like, <clears throat> all black people can't dance. All black people ain't got rhythm. 
All right. my people ain't athletic. But a lot right. of us are. Sure. Why is that? So <clears throat> I have theories, you know, but Okay, okay, okay. So here here's the, the, the thing. The the basic piece with stereotypes, it's about grouping, right? Yeah. So if we don't have the good sense to recognize that when Umbutu the first got his ass towed up by a lion. If we don't recognize that all the rest of these lines is equally dangerous, we don't make it as a species. Ah, I see what right? you did there. Yeah. Like if, if if we don't recognize that snakes, the the the, the, the cobra is is dangerous, and we shouldn't go you know go pet it, we don't survive. Mm-hmm. If if we don't have things where shellfish and uh, poorly cooked pork um, kill off. Uh, you know, people in the Middle East, then we don't classify those animals as dirty and filthy. Mm-hmm. And so you probably don't have the same bands um, on them in your religions that we do. Right? Yeah. Like, like if, if, if nobody ever dies from eating shellfish or a cloven hoof animal, like, it's probably not. It probably doesn't show up in the books. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it, it's, it's those classifications or groupings that help keep us alive. What happens with stereotypes is the confluence of our propensity to group things together and propaganda or rationalization, mm-hmm. right? So if you look at that, because um, I, I was actually thinking about this in preparation for the, uh, for the, the, convers- the, the conversation we're having today. Um, if you go back and you look at propaganda um, during slavery, um, about black people, uh, Africans, what you, what you see is conversations about, uh, writings about how, uh, the, the African has a docile nature, how they are smart enough to learn new tasks, um, yet, and, and docile enough to be trained, how they are hardy and sturdy, uh, and how they are hard workers. And so they are perfectly suited for the task that they've been selected for, mm-hmm. which is to be collected in mass, uh, brought over to a new world and, uh, used to basically build a country, right? Do, right. Through farming and, and, every, and actual construction. But then what happens is, um, we get to the point of the conversation, uh, abolition starts to pick up momentum. Um, and you have a lot of the pseudosciences and things like phrenology and all that stuff coming at about the same time as slavery is ended. Uh, and you have to have a new narrative to justify the, um, the violent policing uh, by police and, um, you know, the Klan and, and all of these other uh, sort of organizations, if you will. To justify that, you have to change the narrative. And so that's where you find uh, conversations about how uh, the African is uh, less intelligent. Uh, you find conversations about uh, Africans are more violent. Uh, they are uh, overly sexual. Um, you know, all of those sort of things start to generate as a piece of propaganda um, to justify, you know, everything from lynchings to Jim Crow laws. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so as the propaganda meets, um, you know, the, the populace, 
it, it, help, it starts to develop uh, the, the new set of stereotypes that you have that persist to this day. Um, and, and that becomes problematic. The, the same thing happens um, if you look, and I, I, I don't, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not trying to be hyper-religious or giving all of that stuff with, with your podcast, um, but like when you look at how, um, how women have been treated in, uh, what is that, Western society, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, um, and, and how that matches some of the, um, for lack of a better word, uh, religious propaganda, right, about, um, you know, uh, like if you look at women in the Bible and things like that and, and the roles that they play, mm-hmm. um, they are, you know, set up as the temptress and all these things. But then we forget that uh, there was a moment where, uh, you know, a secular man uh, was in charge of uh, the, the group of folks at the Council of Nicaea that determined what books go in the Bible. So the books that were, um, you know, their books that are determined, considered apocryphal or Gnostic Gospels um, that talk about the time when Jesus was around and are, are written by, from a women's perspective or about women and things like that, um, that have been thrown out. So what you're left with is uh, a religion based on a man who is called Jesus Christ because he was christened. He's only anointed um, like physically by a woman when, when I believe it was Mary Magdalene washed his feet. She anointed his feet with the oil. Mm-hmm. That's the only time it happens in the book. And that's where his name comes from, right? Like he's he's the Christ, he's the anointed one. And a woman does that, but like then we also demonize her. And then we have a woman asking for a man's head on a plate. And then a woman was the one to talk to a snake. And then a woman was is the temptress. And when a woman bleeds, she gotta leave the camp for seven days. And like you have all of this stuff that like paint women as these like frail temptresses. Um, and then we find ourselves in a culture a, you know, millennia later where a woman says she's, she was raped and we want to ask what was she wearing? Yeah. Like, you, you see what I'm saying? So it, it, it's stereotyping is natural. The problem with stereotyping is where it meets propaganda. Um, and, and that's where we have problems. Yeah. So <clears throat> one of the things that I talk about on the, one of the other podcasts I have was, I was, we were trying to figure out like, what's the solution. And I don't know okay. that there is like one thing that you do. Um, but one of the things that I thought about was like why the Cosby show, you actually kind of talked about it with Jordan a little bit. Um, but while I was saying like why the Cosby show was so important was because it made black people seem normal. Um, yes. and like everyday people. And then you had white people watching it and it gave them, it gave society a different image of who we are. And it wasn't just Men's Society or Boys in the Hood or whatever, right? Um, which are great movies, but um, it, I, I still think they kind of lended to some of the stereotypes and, and, and ideas about who we are. Um, and so I think the, one of the ways you deconstruct that is like, we, me and you talked about, it, I think, on the last podcast, where, is where you have like all these things that entertainment, um, yeah. because people consume so much entertainment um, and entertainment. I don't know, I want to put words in your mouth, but it, it seems like it kind of creates like a public narrative about things. Oh, it does. You know? it, it absolutely does. Um, which is why shows like Blackish are so important. Mm-hmm. Um, the success of like Scandal uh, is hugely important. Um, you know, it, every opportunity that you have to see someone um, 
and in a in a different light, it expands your understanding um, of of what that person can be. So when you know we have rap for better or for worse, uh, showing these caricatures uh, of the black experience, if you will, like yeah. As far as far afield as it has gone of late, like that's what you have. Um, it's consumed in part because people want to know what that's about. Like, you know, that, that's a, you get a window into a different world. So like, let's find out. Okay, cool. Um, but you have to have the balance. So whereas back in the day we had NWA and we had Tribe Called Quest, like now we only got Lil Uzi Vert and, you know, Lil Nas X and Lil Somebody Else. Like ain't nobody grown no more, you know, like the, <laughs> the, the, the Kendrick's, um, the Kendrick Lamars and, and the, the J. Coles uh, are few and far between. Mm-hmm. So the, the balance is, is not there, but we're starting to see balance in other places. So now um, when my kids go to, uh, you know, when, when my kids go to the movies, they can see Black Panther. Um, we can see <laughs> Captain Marvel. Um, they about to have Hispanic Batman. Have you seen this? What? You haven't seen this? Say this. Yo, say, say that again. <laughs> it's, it's Hispanic Batman, basically. It's it's a, a movie with. I'm kind of salty because George Lopez is in it, and I'm not a fan of that dude. But um, it's called El Chicano, and like basically, it's this Mexican dude with a with a poncho on, like vigilante style, Southern California. Like it's a thing. It's it's happen- It's coming out this summer. Okay, I I had to do nothing about that. <laughs> Yo, I just I just saw the um, I just saw the ad uh, the other day. I think I think I saw it while I was watching the basketball. Game. Wait, is but it like, vig- is it a vig- is it a Hispanic vigilante or is it Batman? It's a Hispanic vigilante. Okay, I got, you. On, I got you. I got you. I got you. I mean, you know, it's it's Batman. Like it's Batman. He just, you know, his cave don't have no bats and he don't have no Alfred. But like, but he, it's, it's Batman. <laughs> It's the, it's the same shit, yeah. It's the, it's you know the classic vigilante. Like it is it is the it is the image of manhood that all Americans aspire to. Um, you know the mega rich, super smart, uh, karate expert vigilante. Yeah. Like that that is that is what all that that is the height of American maleness, if you will. <laughs> it's diehard Bruce Willis. It's you know it's one hundred percent. It's it's why it is it is part of the reason why we will not ever get rid of guns in this country is because everyone thinks they're Batman. Everyone thinks that they're they're you know gonna save uh, what is it Nakatashi Tower? Like they think they're the ones can do it like that. It's fucking ridiculous, but that's what it is. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this kind of back to the, uh, is there any truth in stereotypes? So why, why do we dominate the NBA? Why do we dominate sports for the most part? Like I said, I have ideas and theories, but that's just all they are. I haven't done research on the shit. So do you, do you know who Jimmy the Greek is? Not off the top of my head. No. Okay, so Jimmy the Greek was this dude. He was on um, on the sports shows um, way back in the day, um, like in the I want to say it was the early '80s, and and I, I saw it when he did it. Like I saw him when he did it, 
and it was like a before football game, before basketball game, like they had a pregame show or whatever. And they was talking to him, and they threw it over to Jimmy the Greek, and he was like, well, I mean, you know, they're bred for this. Like, if you go back to, to slavery, and, and, you know, you want the, the biggest, the strongest, the most, af- the most athletic, um, you know, working your plantation. And so, like, this is what we have now. Like, and I was like, well, shit. Now, Jimmy the Greek, the reason you don't know who he is is because they quickly hustled his ass off the TV mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and got him away from all microphones. However, um, you know, is there perhaps a shred of truth in what he said? I mean, maybe. I don't know. Um, you talk about fast tw- twitch muscles and, um, you know, the way that uh, we were specially suited for uh, the, the plantation work in the South and in the Caribbean because of the way that our uh, kidneys allegedly hold salt better so we don't dehydrate as quickly and all kind of other wild shit. Like, you know, there's there's a lot of pseudoscience and things like that, sure. What I would tell you is this, okay? I remember playing football with uh empty two-liter bottle in, in um, you know, glass-littered fields uh, back in, in the hood. Like, I remember, um, you know, nailing a... Uh, um, an old bicycle tire rim to a tree and playing basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? The reason that we excel, um, whether there are any physical or genetic reasons or not, I think the real reason that we excel is because um, we see that as a way out. We see that as a way up. And so, and we can practice like you got to have a lot of equipment to play basketball, uh, to play baseball. You got to have a lot of equipment to play steel hockey or or regular hockey or lacrosse or any of that shit. Like it requires a lot. Like tennis, it requires a lot. So if we know that, and then you look at the sports where you don't have to have a lot. Like look at at who dominates soccer around the world. It's brown people. Mm-hmm. Like they're killing the game in a lot of spots, but it's because. Like, you can get a big ball of tape and play soccer if that's what you really want to do, and it's a way out. And so, you know, I, I mean, in, until we have some more, um, you know, or, or as we have more representation of successful black people that are not um, sports stars or, uh, you know, entertainers, and we have more um, depictions of, you know, Heathcliff Huxtables, uh, Claire Huxtables, um, you know, uh, Rainbow and, and, uh, I can never remember Anthony Anderson's name, but like, as we have more depictions of that, mm-hmm. um, then I, I think we'll grow. I mean, keep in mind, like, you and I both have children who have always lived in a, in a world where a black man was the president of the United States. Like, that means so much. Mm-hmm. When, whenever I think about um, this, these these conversations, I think about uh, that iconic picture of Obama leaning down and there's a little black boy just touching his hair. Yeah, I got that actually on my wall. Yeah. And he just wanted to touch his hair, so I wanted to know his hair was like mine. Like, yeah. Like, when, when you tell your son, like, he can do anything he wants to do, you can say that shit and mean it. I don't think that my parents meant it. Like, they said it, but it, it, wasn't, the, it wasn't the same. They were like, yeah, like, you can be anything you want. Like, 
that niggas are allowed to be. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like there was more rules on it, um, and it's not that way anymore. And and women have gone through that, and they go through it still because. Like you see what happened to Hillary, a lot of po- folks didn't vote for her just because she was a woman. Yeah, you know, but like there was a time when, for example, my grandmother, like she could only be a nurse or a school teacher. That was all the options she had. Like that's that's all they let women do back then. Mm-hmm. So so to be in a place where women are CEOs and uh, women are superheroes and 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 all of those, like it it ex- is slowly expanding, but we. We just ain't there yet. Like, yeah. We ain't all the way there yet. Yeah, so, like, I've always kind of wrestled with that idea. Like, were we bred for this? You know, like, kind of how you touched on that. Sure. And that, you know, a lot of the other ones were killed off. And just more of a thing where, you know, only the strong survive. And that that hurts my heart to think about. And what are the what are the effects of that today? And... Um, I don't know that I have the answer on that, but I, I've always wondered about that. Um, but, but also, I mean, okay, so let, let's let's think about what we're saying here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, a, like the, the game is on right now. Houston is playing Golden State right now. Right. It's a bunch of like I'm six four and a half. I would be the smallest man on the court if I stepped out there. Right. So, for these dudes to be out there and to be the size they are. There's a level of uh, of nutrition that they had to have. Okay. Like there's a level of of safety that they had to have to be able to reach these heights. And so, yeah, some of them come from some tough backgrounds. Certainly, they do. Um, but like the the confluence of genes that had to come together to make them be that kind of tall and have that kind of vision and have that kind of fast switch muscle to be able to jump that high and run that fast. Like that's a miraculous event. And then for all that to come together and also end up being a household where they could feed you well enough for you to grow to be this big. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't just happen. Um, and it doesn't kind of matter who, you know, who, 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 I mean, the, the whole ancestry piece, like, yes, that's a part of it. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's, here's, this, this is why I, I, I kind of shy away from it um, or putting too much credence in it. Mm-hmm. Like, Sure, you can be that kind of big, but we walk. We live in Texas, and this never happened until I got to Texas. But you can walk around any mall or Walmart in Texas that I've ever been in, and just randomly see a seven foot tall white dude walk by you. <laughs> like it, it, it is not like that anywhere else. It, it's some big folks down here. Like folks is big in Texas, uh-huh. right? Okay, cool. But like they're not all in the NBA. They didn't necessarily all play ball. Mm-hmm. Like these, these cats are as good as they are because they never stopped dribbling a basketball because they were in, in the gym an hour before everybody else, an hour after everybody else. Um, and, you know, on the days when everybody else took a break, they went and were shooting someplace else. Like it's a, it is concentrated effort and practice that has gotten them to this point. Um, not just a fluke of genetics or, um, you know, the, the happenstance of uh, racial genetic engineering because of the slave trade. Like, I, I don't, I don't think it's that simple. That, that takes away from, um, that takes away from the skill because you can be as big as you want, but like, 
can you shoot a three-pointer? Mm-hmm. You know, can, can you dribble drive and go past somebody or, um, you know, play defense? Like, can you get off the line and around a 300-pound uh, tackle and, and get to the quarterback? Like, that is practiced skill that has less to do with genetics than we think. Um, and and if you if you ever doubt it, look at Julian Edelman. Um, you know, look at Steph Curry, for example. Steph Curry is not, you know, he's not the biggest dude out there, um, and he's not the fastest guy out there. But he worked and worked and worked and worked until he damn near came this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's that's a hundred percent effort. Um, I, I think that uh, I don't know. I, I think I think I, we. I like how you put that. Yeah, I just think we denigrate the the you know how hard they work uh, to be where they are if, if we if we just t- chalk it all up to genetics. And, and that would explain why that, like I said, I have such an uneasiness with that with that answer. That I mean, you heard me you hear me hesitating with that. And it's always been yeah. it's always been uncomfortable for me. And I'm like, I never just wanted to resign to that thought. And so you put it the way you put it makes sense. And I like it. <laughs> I mean I, I, I have to think that let's say as, as uh, you know, they talk about how LeBron has like a photographic memory for um, teams and the way that their uh, defensive sets are, are run and uh, yeah. the offensive plays that they run and all those things. Like he, he holds that down. I, I have to think that if he was born into a middle class home of, uh, you know, doctors, that he could have taken that photographic memory and applied it to something else and been, a, a, you know, a, a tall ass physician, you know, <laughs> like, like it is, there's no reason that he couldn't have been like the biggest vet in Ohio. Yeah. Um, and I mean, biggest in size, size just, yeah. just, be, just because, um, you know, he chose to apply that to basketball because he saw that as a way for him to accomplish what, what he was trying to accomplish. Like it was a feasible outlet. It's like, you know, we have all these, um, we have, we have all these thoughts, and, and uh, judgments about people who, for example, sell crack, right? Yeah. But um, I, let's, I'm, I'm 12, I'm 13 years old. Uh, everybody that I ever seen that had money was either on TV and white, <laughs> on TV and playing some kind of ball, or they was rapping. I can't rap and I can't play ball. And... Or, or it was the cats in the hood that was that was slinging drugs, right? Mm-hmm. I'm hungry, and I and, and it, they ain't finna open no Kroger nearby for me to get a job uh, as a you know as the stock boy or doing bags or something like that, like they got in the suburbs. Like that's not an option for me. They're not opening a Starbucks out here for me to get a job. Ain't no movie theaters over here for me to go get a job slinging popcorn. Like what the fuck am I supposed to do? The only the only stores and businesses like grocery stores is the bodega, and that, those tend to be family run, and they're not hiring outside the family. So, what options do I have to succeed? Like, wh- where do I put my effort? School ain't the answer. It's thirty seven kids in the classroom and four books. What the fuck am I supposed to do in there? Right. So, when when you look at and you start weighing the options, what can I do? Well, shit, if you got a good jump shot, you better work on your jump shot. If 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 you you know you quick off the line and you can go catch a football, then run, brother, run, catch a football. If you can wrap, wrap your ass off. Like we start looking at what are the viable options, and then for some, you know, some people they're like, listen, 
if, if the choice is all starve to death or sell drugs, that's an easy choice. Mm-hmm. And, and and you know, people are people can only work within their options. I, I guess is what I'm trying to say, right? Like what yeah. they see and perceive as an option. That's where they work. And so, you know, these cats out here that are trying to get out of bad situations and playing sports, like they putting that effort in, but, but who's to say that they couldn't put that effort someplace else if they saw that as a viable opportunity and be just as successful in those other venues. I believe they could. Yeah. And I think you have evidence of that. I mean, obviously you see it in hip hop, um, but there's this documentary that I just got done watching on Netflix um, called knock down the house. Okay. Um, have you seen? Have you heard about it? It's. Um, I have not. I have not. It's called Knock Down the House, and it's about. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce her name, Acacio Cortez. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the women that were running in, in uh, for Congress. Yes. And they were saying basically, it's a documentary about that whole process, and it basically showed how um, it was unprecedented about how many women and people of color got into politics who had no history or career in politics, but they saw it as an option. And so like the demographics are starting to change. And so just saying that to say, you're seeing evidence of that. The more things that are becoming open to us, um, we're we're getting beyond hip hop and sports. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. You're seeing in acting and Hollywood and yeah. And I mean, I mean, that's, that's, that's all that's all it is and i think that is also as you see more um you know uh, as i was about to say as you see more social economic upward mobility for black folks mm-hmm. you expect that to expand uh but that's kind of problematic too because um we have a de facto caste system uh, in America that people don't like to really talk about. And statistically and numerically, um, you really, we're not as socially mobile as we would like to think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, just as a, like that's for all folks, white folks, Asians, whoever, um, we're not really as socially mobile as we think we are. Mm-hmm. Um, opportunities exist, but we, we like to look at the Mark Cubans of the world and, and make them the, uh, the rule as a, instead of understanding their, the exceptions. All of that said, um, you know, folks like myself, folks like you, um, who are having children and, and doing our best to afford them additional opportunities, um, you know, support and opportunities for my kids that I feel like I didn't really have. Um, it, it, it's that incremental progress that we talked about last time. It will be better next time. You know, um, setting the baseline for my kids uh, with, you know, how they live and the way they see me working and the fact that I have a college education, um, you know, these are things that they sort of take for granted that they're going to go do, uh, that they will go accomplish. Uh, and then they will go try that. Um, and, and so that's, that's dope because it's, their horizons have expanded. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, what the realm of possible for them is much greater uh, than it was for even me, you know. Um, I, I often reflect on, you know, points in my life as a child uh, where, uh, considering where I am today as an adult, I could never have figured that I would do that. <laughs> you know, like, like um, 
even my moderate success uh, is um, uh, in some ways would have been unfathomable to that young boy. Yeah. So my son, um, it's nuts. I'll have him up here uh, in my little office studio area and he'll be banging on the keyboard, turning knobs. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> he'll be using my mouse on my, on my computer He's working the iPad. I'm like, yep. This is nuts. <laughs> it's, it's, it's you know, it's insane. It's like this yeah. is nuts. Like, what is he going to be able to do? Like, what's what's going to be what's going to be what's going to be his ceiling in his mind? You know? Right. It's fun to think about. And hopefully, he doesn't have one. Yeah. Hopefully, he doesn't have one. You know. All right. So let me. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, are there? Uh, I don't want to ask a leading question. In what ways have stereotypes about black men affected you? Well, they've affected me. And I think I talked about this on the last episode a little bit because I kind of get it from my own people where like, I don't know what the proper term is. Um, black on black racism. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the term is, but yeah, like, I know what you mean. I get all the stuff that we get from white people, right? Sure, um, sure. That's all a given, but then I also get it from my own people. So I'm like fighting on two fronts because yeah. I come from middle class America, and I talk the way I talk, and I dress how I dress, and that is, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, that is a result of my environment. You know, yeah. I, I grew up in a white neighborhood with white people. Right. And that was my normal until um, I talked about this before, until I got to Memphis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my mom and dad side of the family, and I was like, yo, what? <laughs> 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 like, I didn't know there was that many black people anywhere. Oh, <laughs> you know? wow. Wow. It was like a culture shock, you know, because like being in Columbus, Ohio, I probably had seen like, 10 black people, you know, and that's probably including my family. Uh, And then you you get to Memphis and you get to Memphis and then it's like the exact opposite. It's weird. If you see a white person at that time, the demographics have changed now, but this has all happened to me when I'm like, you know, 12 years old, 14 years old. And it's like, I'm just seeing massive amounts of black people. It was just nuts. And uh, it obviously felt different and it was more welcoming and it was, it was nice. And, and so um, that's kind of been the gist of, of my experience is, is just, and it didn't help that I married a white woman either. You know what I mean? Like it just made it worse. <laughs> but, you know, so, so here's, this is the, the so I, okay. I have a line in, in a, um, in a unrecorded song. I said, um, I throw more, I wrote more saving throws than C low for dope. So they called him white boy, but the cops didn't know. <laughs> Cause, okay. Cause like, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm like, I, yeah, I rap. I, yeah, I play basketball, but like I also play Dungeons and Dragons like a lot. So I, I'm, I, I, there's a lot of different facets to me. And I think that if we allowed ourselves as a people you would find um, those multiple facets in more, uh, you know, more black folks than you you might otherwise imagine. Um, and part of that is because of the effect of those stereotypes of what we 
um, have allowed other people to tell us we are and then what we continue to tell ourselves we should be. And what we're comfortable um, portraying. I said this in the, yes. one of my other episodes where I'm like, you see this like uniform with mm -hmm. not just black people, but white people. You see these like patterns. And I was like, I'll be damned if I believe that what I'm looking at is what's real. Like, I, I don't think people, just, just generally speaking, are comfortable being themselves. And no. so you portray a stereotype because it's safe. No, and, and I'm going to tell you, um, so I actually, I, in, in retrospect, I know for a fact that I did that for years of my life. So you're aware I, I went to Princeton, um, and I have, I've never been shunned like that um, in mass <laughs> in my whole life. Yeah. Like I, I, I was out of place um, and I really didn't know how to handle it. I've, I've been around all different kinds of folks um, all my life, but uh, in general, there was a, a bracket, a social economic bracket. So we had similar problems. We were in similar places, you know, um, it, it, it was, it, it was different than going up there to this sort of, wonderland of wealth uh where i really was an anomaly they did not see people like me and i was different and and like i kind of you know i was i was hippity hop guy you know like i, I talk like that so yeah now i'm i'm up here and i'm and i'm in this place that i don't match and it was like okay all right you that's what you see well then let's make sure you see it and so i was hoodies and like i was wearing skull caps and like you know, the wool skull caps, like the scullies? Yeah. I was wearing those with hoodies in June, because fuck you. Yeah. Like, if, if you're going to be scared of me, then, like, then, all right, then fuck it, be scared. And I, I just dug in, and I was like, I'm going to embrace all that shit. Um, and, I, and I went hard. And I, in retrospect, I'm, I, I can look back that, at that as a, a fully realized man and say, you know, that was reactionary. And it was, um, you know, probably not entirely healthy, mm -hmm. but you can also just kind of expand and you kind of see how we do that. Um, I'm not a part of America. I'm not a part of your society. So what I'm going to do is be the antithesis of that in all the ways. And so that's what we do. If you listen to the music, that's what we that's what we do. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it is, it's unfortunate, but um, you know, you can only, you can only knock on the door for so long before you realize no one's going to answer. And then you have to go make your own shelter. There you go. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm so headstrong now. Like you see me and the things I do and the things I, the thing I just did. Yeah. <laughs> My yeah, place hey, of employment. You <laughs> You're a soldier. You but know what I mean? But it, it it takes, but it takes years and and uh, of of like the bumps and the bruises and the introspection to get to that place where you can say, you know what, fuck all. But I will say this as well. Um, let's say I want some Popeyes for lunch. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna eat my chicken at the Popeyes. <laughs> you will not see me bring, uh, you know, a, a three piece with a biscuit and a pepper back to the office so I can eat. Eat, you know, eat this chicken in front of these white folks. Like, I'm just not, I don't do it. Yeah. I just don't do it because I don't, like, because if you look at me funny while I'm doing it, 
now I'm thinking things about you that may or may not be true. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it just it just keeps it rolling. And it's it's silly, but it's things you think about. Like it's 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 things you consider. Yeah. Yeah. Not having like you said, at some point you you stop knocking on that door, nobody's gonna answer. I was like, fuck it. Um I'm not gonna be I'm not accepted anywhere. So I'm just gonna do what I wanna do. And I, I determined that at an early age, at probably like, I think uh, around 17, 19 years old, I, I realized that nobody likes me <laughs> <laughs> and nobody's going to like me. And so I, I think, I think the realization is like, and, and hopefully this is, um, hopefully this is fitting. Yeah. It's not that no one likes you. Mm-hmm. It's the realization that you have that there is no one like you. Mm-hmm. And so you can try all you want to be, uh, you know, to fit in with the black guys. You can try all you want to fit in with the white guys, um, you know, or the Asian guys or whomever else. Like you can try to fit in with the, but none of that, no stereotype, no grouping actually encapsulates 100% of a person. So you're going to have uh, characteristics that are outliers. And getting to a place where you can embrace that and go, you know what, like, you know, these guys, we all like the same, you know, we all like Wu-Tang Clan and M.O.P. Okay, great. But, like, I also like uh, Of Monsters and Men and Coldplay. And they don't like that. So I'm going to just listen to that over here and talk to these folks that like uh, of monsters and men and Coldplay. Like you have to get to a place where that's the case because even for white kids or Asian kids or, or Hispanics or whomever else, consider the high school experience, the middle school experience. You spend all of that time trying to find your group, Mm -hmm. trying to fit in with somebody and it's just kind of the, like, we like to have a tribe. Like, we need a group to fit with, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's, that's just part of the process. And eventually, um, in my opinion, the best people get to that place where they realize, you know what, there's actually nobody that's like me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to be me, and I will share those parts of me um, with other people who can appreciate those parts. Yeah. And that's that's... Nah, go ahead, go ahead. I, I was saying it's just. No, I was just saying, like that's the whole thing. Like that's that's it. Yeah, it, it's funny you say that because I don't know if you've ever took the time to notice or if it ever crossed your mind or if you ever seen it. I've had people at I'm not gonna say where we worked or worked. Yeah. Um, my former place of employment. I would always I, from certain people it would look at me weird because they would see me have a conversation with you. Yeah. And turn I'm having the conversation with a nerdy white chick. And then I'm having the conversation yep. with a Hispanic dude. And I'm getting along with all these people. And they're kind of looking at me like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you, you know, it's, like it it's doesn't make sense. It's, and they're like, how are you doing that? Right. It's, it's, it's what and, you just said. <laughs> and that, that, that's actually um, a lot of the times when I was getting, because uh, you know, I've been a trainer. And, and so I would get comments and people would talk about how I, was able to find a way to relate to all the people in the class. 
regardless of where they came from or their background or whatever. Like I was able to find a way to relate to folks. And I mean, like, I, I like a lot of different shit. Like, you know, like just because I like fried catfish uh, or, or, or shrimp and grits doesn't mean I can't also like quinoa. Like I like all the things. And so like, I can talk to you about all the things. Um, I have a lot of interest, you know, I, I mean, for a long time, Scarface was my hands down favorite movie, but I was still really excited when they made Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and that's, we just have to get to a place where that's okay. And I think that, yeah. um, you know, folks like me and you, um, trying to, to raise the kids that we are, um, that is, that those are, again, those incremental steps in the right direction. Um, you know, I, I really just encourage my kids, you know, hey, be, be who you are and let the folks that are drawn to that find you. Don't go searching for folks to fit in. You know, my son, uh, it, it, he was annoyed. He was, cause you know, he's, it's the same thing. Like I, my kids are multiracial. So, um, you know, he was trying to fit in with, uh, you know, with the, the black kids that, that, that he had made friends with. And like, they were, you know, they were jonesing and, getting on him because he doesn't like bright colored, you know, Jordans and he doesn't have a, a sharp fade because he don't have that kind of hair and he don't want it like that. So, all right, cool. You know, but they get on him about those things and he got fed up and I was like, look, you don't have, you're not obliged to sit with them. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you don't, you don't have to spend 40 minutes of your day being berated about how you're not like them um, as they try to address their insecurities. Like, go sit someplace else. Yeah. And eventually he was like, okay. And so now he, like, he spends some lunch days at the debate, at the debate club. He spends other lunch days, um, you know, like at, at different tables. And he's making, you know, a variety of friends so he can express the variety of facets, um, you know, that make up who he is. And and it has to be that way, I think. you. I don't know. I, I, at least if you want to live a full life, I think it has to be that way. Yeah. It can't be only one, a one thing, one way. Um, that's, um, that's just stultifying. Like it's, it's not good for anything. Yeah. I agree with you a hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. Yo, that's I, what's up. I, I have nothing else to offer to that. That you, you preach. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wrote this note down. I, I, I guess we can go ahead and end on this. Um, okay. it, it kind of goes back to something you were saying earlier. Um, I can't remember what it was, but I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. But back when we were talking about, um, rep- I think it was representation. Yeah. And, um, I was telling you about, um, I guess, um, our people, uh, pursuing what's available to them. Yeah. That documentary on Netflix, um, knocked down the house. Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it. If you if you haven't watched it and you want to watch it, don't just skip past this part. Um, one of the last things that Ocasio says at the end was that her dad, um, who's now passed away, um, when they were when she was a little girl or at yeah. or what it was, they took a road trip and they stopped in D.C. and they were in the Capitol. And they were walking and looking at all the monuments and the buildings and and, and, and and everything. And he said to her, you know, this is all yours. This, mm. this is all yours. This is yours. That's your building. That's all. This is all yours. This is your government. This is yours. 
and that's bananas to me that I, I, I don't know what his ethnicity was. I, I want to say Hispanic, but that's just, that was, that's incredible to me that a minority at that time, that's just, that's, what, what, that's nuts. I'm like, this is a white world. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but you know, the, the thing is, is that you can't have anything you don't reach for. Like if, if you don't, if you don't go try to be more, if you don't go try to learn more, you'll never get anything but what you already have. Yeah. And if you are not growing, you're actively dying. Yeah. So if, if we're not telling our kids to go, uh, you know, to walk around like you own this place cause you do, if we're not telling them to be involved, um, if we're not telling them that they can go, uh, you know, run the government, that they can go run the company or start their own, then we're really doing them a disservice. Yeah. And that's not, um, that's not a color issue. That's a parenting issue. That is a, an American issue. Um, the, the country, quite honestly, is, is set up in a way that it absolutely needs the sheep. Like, it needs sheep. Um, and those sheep have to be, uh, you know, they have to continue to commit to being tricked in the way that they are. But if we don't say something different, if we don't um, let our children know about the possibilities, about um, how to make this place better, then what are we having children for? Um, if we're not asking ours to strive, then what are we doing? Um, you know, I, 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 we tell our children that, uh, you know, don't just get a job. Go run the business. Go, go figure out a way to run the company. Don't just be, um, you know, go in and, and, and only be the teacher. Like, be a teacher, get that experience, and then go be the superintendent. Uh, you don't like the way things are going in your cut in your uh, your county. You don't like the way things are going in your city. Get on the city council. Um, you know, go be the comptroller or go run and be the mayor. Uh, go be in Congress because it's yours. Her dad told her it's yours. Yeah, but that only means something if you're going to go do something with it. Your talents are yours. But if you don't cultivate them, if you don't grow them, then it doesn't mean anything. Those talents die on the vine. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I applaud her father for doing that. And he made a hell of a woman because she is out there um, turning over rocks and she scared a lot of folks on both sides of the aisle that need to be scared. Yeah. Watch that documentary, man, if you get it, if you get a moment. Um, I, no, I will. Cause I, I cut for her. Like, I cut for her. She, she's, um, she's, she's dope. And, and I like uh, what she's what she's saying, I like the way she's saying it, and I like what she represents and what she means uh, for the country um, and, and and where we're going. Yeah. Hope hopefully hopefully um, the these uh, uh, this ingrained cultural racism that we have um, been. It's death throes, and we'll go ahead and die off here so soon. But uh, I'm not gonna hold my breath. I'm gonna just keep working. Yeah, man. Uh, 
Really good podcast, man. <laughs> Yo, it's always stop talking to you, man. It's really good podcast, fam. I'm have to, I'm gonna go back and listen to this one. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Yo, we listen. We we do the thing, man. We do the thing. Really good podcast, man. Um, that's it, we man. We do the thing. Okay, that's what's up. Listen, um, before I, before I, um before I bounce, yeah. Uh, I just want to applaud you. Uh, all this conversation we had about like exhorting our children to, to go do better and be better. Um, you know, the, the moves you made recently um, are right in line with that. Like you are setting a good example um, for the ones that are coming after you about making a plan, setting a goal, and then absolutely pursuing it to the best of your ability. So I wish you all the luck in the world. Like I told you last time, if I can help you, you know that I will. Yeah, man. Uh, it's not enough to talk about. I got to be about it, man. I can't talk that shit. I got to be that shit. <laughs> Yo, that's what it is. That's what it is. Listen, I absolutely hate to quote him, but walk it like you talk it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> walk it like you talk it. That's what's good. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, hopefully, I can get you to come back again sometime, man, because, uh, like I said, this is awesome. Listen, as long as the feds don't come for me uh, behind something that I said, I'll be back again. <laughs> All right, man. You you and yours have a great weekend. Hope Game of Thrones isn't as bad as I thought it was last time. So, <laughs> I'll be watching tomorrow night. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't. Can, I wouldn't can we have can we have a bonus episode about all of the military blunders in, um, dog, in Game of Thrones? Dog, <laughs> hold on. Oh my god, there was so much wrong with that. <laughs> like, they did it so wrong and, and, and I have to admit like I'm a huge fan of medieval combat and all of those things um, I was so caught up in it I was just watching it but then I was thinking about it afterwards and I, I saw a couple of things and I was like wait a minute this is all wrong like this was all wrong there's no reason to have done any of, any of that way. like the fuck <laughs> so yeah, we 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 can we can have a we can do a, a a bonus episode one day and just just sit and break down all of the blunders in the Battle of Winterfell anytime you're ready. Let me ask you this real quick, just real all quick. Right. Do you remember Battle of the Bastards? I do. You remember Ramsey's? I think that's his name. Uh, the, the the Bolton. Bolton, yeah, Ramsey Bolton. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember his strategy? I don't. Okay. I don't. If you get a chance, go back and watch that episode. His military strategy strategy made light. It was light years ahead of what I just watched. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. All right. Without going too far, right? First of all, you have a castle on purpose. It's a whole castle. <laughs> why are you outside with the castle? And crenellations and all kind of shit. Like, why are you outside the castle? That's not how anything is done. It's like it would be like going into a gunfight and purposefully putting your bulletproof vest in the trunk. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of stupid. Yeah, yeah. You know we should we should do this uh, when the season ends. Yo, I'm with it. I'm with it. Let's do that. So we'll, we, see, we will uh, we will happens. break it down and uh, and talk about this when the season's over. All right, I'm with it. All right, man. Have a good evening. All right, you too. Peace. Peace. All right. Uh, my boy John again. Killed it. Killed it. I'm going to do this quick. Go to a playlist. And, uh, oh, man. Um, 
see what I can find here. Actually, you know what? Let me go to uh, got a lot of different playlists, and uh, I'm gonna go to a really. I'm not even gonna tell you the name of my playlist. I'm just gonna go to this one I don't normally go to, and uh, his shuffle. Here we go. Oh shit. And blood that makes me whole 